this is that other sports shit. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to That Other Sports Show. It is Wednesday afternoon, 6 o'clock our time. I don't know what time it is where you're at. You'll have to call me or, or text me or message me what time it is. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. You know what time I know it is? It's time to have mm. a good time because we're going to talk some mad sports shit tonight. We've got AFC over-unders last week. We dominated the airwaves with our world-famous, explosive, ultimate warrior run down to the ring, NFC over-unders. Today, we're going to match that hype with the AFC. So if you're a fan of a team that plays for the AFC, the American Football Conference, get ready. Because we may just tell you that your team sucks this year. I don't know. I don't know. Or it might be the opposite. You know what? We would never do that. We would never say your team sucks. No, because what if you're a fan of the Texans? Exactly. We would We would not do that. Did we say that the Eagles to. sucked last week? We really did shit on the Eagles. We, we urinated all over them. And then their week two preseason game happened. And then everything Where that we, we were said right. came, to, came to life. Wait a second. We're right every once in a while on the show? Are you bullshitting me? <laughs> no bullshit. We were right. Wow. The Eagles suck. They stink. It is. They're terrible. Uh, so, besides the AFC over-unders, <laughs> besides looking back and maybe, you know, uh, looking at some other stuff that happened in the NFL, we'll talk uh, – I would like to get Jay's insight on the different Broncos quarterback room. Mm. We just we can do week. that. We can do that when we touch on the Broncos. We will. We will. Uh, so, we'll hit on certain stuff, but I can't wait because I love talking about football. We have a special <laughs> guest tonight. Possibly. Possibly. Or if not, we'll edit this right out. Exactly. If not, then, you know, edit, beep, there it goes, it's gone. Uh, if this said person shows up. Mystery guest. Mystery guest. We're going to hear from somebody who was live for CM Punk's return. And this to me, folks, this is huge for me. This is the I, highlight of the show a, for us. When, when there's pro wrestling and then there's guys that transform pro wrestling, we've seen the Hulkster do it. You know, we've seen Shawn Michaels do it. The Undertaker's done it. We've seen all these guys. John Cena came in and kind of did his own thing for a little bit. Uh, but one of the biggest influencers in professional wrestling, at least as far as I'm concerned, is CM Punk. He's such a mystery of a man. Uh, and it's just been it's been fantastic this week. All the hashtags, all the mystery surrounding him, and then Tony Khan coming out tweeting, "Hey, you know what's happening? Get ready for it." By the way, shout out to Tony Khan. That guy's a genius. He's really pulling it off. Genius. Um, but then CM Punk shows up, and he shoots. It's like he never left. To be honest, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh shit," you know, he's all gray now. He's looking a little ragged. But you know what? His promo was magnificent. The only time that he lost track was when he was getting emotional, like legitimately emotional from just the moments. 
And then he would jump right back on and just dig right in. I loved it. And I hope you guys loved it too. We'll talk I wanna, about um, that. We'll I want to do, I'll, I'll say this, Jess. Please. Uh, I'll say this. There are few wrestling moments these days. They'll try and generate moments, right? And you know what I'm talking about if you watch pro wrestling, where it's yes. a true moment. And there are very few moments outside of the WWE, WWF universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, so for this to be that type of moment, um, it was huge. And uh, I believe our mystery guest is going to do a great job of breaking down that moment. And we've had this guest on before, so hopefully he can spare five, ten minutes. We'll find out. He's a very busy man. Um, Jess, I want to go combat sports. Big fight this weekend. I was thinking about this on the ride home um, from work. Is Jake Paul the most talked about <laughs> fighter that we've had on uh, that we've talked about on this show outside of Conor McGregor. We've done 17, 18 shows here, I believe. This this, this is show 19, so yeah. 18. Is there any, can you name another fighter? I think it may be Naganu. Is there another fighter that we've talked about outside of Jake Paul? I would say the three fighters we've talked about the most are probably the Paul brothers. I guess I'm going to lump them together. Yeah, we can. Connor, and then maybe Naganu. Maybe Jones. I was going to say maybe Bones. Maybe Bones. Definitely Connor. The Paul brothers are definitely up there. They're one and two, whichever whichever order you want to put them. And then uh, we do, we have to spoke a lot on Naganu. We have spoke a lot on Jones. But uh, I believe it was three, four shows ago, we did a pretty heavy mixed martial arts show. And one thing that you and I both kept bringing up was the fact that MMA doesn't have needle movers anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have plenty of fighters, lots and lots of athletes, but not that many needle movers. Enter Triller, which we've already been in, and we mm-hmm. love it. It's like getting lost inside of a fucking LSD dream. Let's go. It's wonderful. And it's because it brings all the carnival chaos right back to combat sports, right, where we love it. They'll have some obscene, weird, like, rapper duel Mm -hmm. in boxing. And then you'll jump over here and we'll have some crazy, like, you know, ex-NFL guy MMA match. And then we'll go back and have Anderson Silva fighting Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Like all of a sudden it's, it's a Dua Lipa concert. It, it's exactly and on top of that you got you know crazy ass dj with robot head <laughs> oh that guy frightens my buddy that oh robot my, frightens my butt oh my goodness <laughs> so we speak about it a lot chaos and combat sports chaos and mixed martial arts Whatever we're here we for it we love it we we're love down to pay for, for it, it. The, the, uh, just about the only thing throw that we our don't, money at it yeah throw all your cash at it and, uh, yeah, so the Paul brothers definitely belong there because uh, they're kind of – they get highlighted in those shows. Uh, we got the Tyron Woodley thing coming up here. That's, I think, what you're leading up to. It is this uh, weekend. So, please. This about, is the only combat Tyron. sports we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about the UFC Ultimate Fighter finale because it's a, it's a letdown again. This is the reason I don't invest in the show anymore because you spend 15 episodes investing in these guys and then one gets hurt and then the finale's changed. Sucks, but it, it kind of happens every three or four seasons. Uh, I mean, the receipts are there now. You can pull them up. 
Um, I'm not going to talk about that card. What I am, although I'll probably watch it because I got ESPN Plus. What I will talk about is Woodley versus Paul. Uh, this Jake Paul Woodley fight is intriguing as hell. But when I looked at the card earlier this week, I swear to you, Jess, we pulled it up at work. I saw two fights and two fights only. Now I see five fights. So I don't know if something's changed in between now and then, but uh, I see five fights now. I see three names I recognize, four names I recognize on these fights. Uh, I see Montana Love versus Ivan Baranashik. Are these guys uh, YouTube dudes? Are these uh, are these uh, what do you call it? Video game dudes that are fighting each other? Do these guys play video games? I, mean, they could. They, I think that's kind of like. Are the- they Twitch dudes? Is this a Twitch fight? I did hear that they were going to have some sort of YouTube fight, but seeing how I'm forty fucking years old, I'd, I I typically use YouTube have, for uh, actual combat sports videos. They have uh, the Tyson Fury's brothers fighting. So Tyson Fury's brothers fighting. Montana Love is fighting. Daniel Dubois is fighting, who I actually know um, is a heavyweight. Uh, Amanda Serrano is fighting. That's She's actually, that's an intriguing fight. But these are all um, showcase fights. All these fights, if you look at the like the actual Vegas numbers, are all like 10 to 1 underdogs, every one of them. Yeah. Um, and then you got Paul Woodley on the tail end here, the main event. So, Jess, as always, let's start here. Will you go out of your way to watch this fight? Are you working this weekend? Let's start there. Uh, I do work this weekend, but I have – You'll find a way. I have plans Ooh. set up for people. I'm going to pitch in my share. This I'm is going incredible. to basically get the opportunity to watch the replay when I'm done with work. So With the boys. With the boys. I, uh, I'm 50 50. I'm watching this fight and paying for it. I, I might end up watch, uh, streaming it because there's a lot going on that night. But, and you know me again, I always endorse ca- chaos and combat sports. And I'm about these guys making money, paying the prize uh, fighter. This guy's going to make a lot of money. Uh, this one I actually don't mind stealing. But these guys, they don't need my money. This guy's, uh, when it's all said and done, Jake Paul might be the highest or second or top three combat sports athlete that's going to get paid out this year because this will be his second or third fight this year the aspirin fight was definitely this year and then let's say he closes the year with another fight which i guess is in play maybe december maybe not three fights let's say this guy fights three times this year jess and pulls a 25 million dollar check every time he fights that's a that's 75 mil in the bank this year on top of whatever else he makes not that bad coin for one year being a combat sports fighter not at all let's say he fights twice especially when 50 mil i I do have to say like this kid was making a lot of money already off youtube shit but like he's entered a whole new galaxy of money with uh his boxing stuff and i i I think it's absolutely amazing you get into uh, the if, eight if, figures, if you want to put a, if you want to put an actual spin on it and take away the old man part of me who's like shaking my cane at him, going back yeah. in my day, I used to have a job and work, you know, nine to six and get yeah. paid twice a week. Uh, this kid went from just a normal, average, probably semi-popular kid in school to finding fucking YouTube and then starting to do some weird ass fucking videos. 
And then out of nowhere, he started making some more videos and started catching on. So really, it's like an underdog story, except, you know, now we look at him and we're like, oh, that piece of shit. Look at that guy. But really, he started from nothing. And now, okay. he's, now he's fighting fucking Tyron Woodley. Come on, people. Give him a hand. Well, I think that that's an incredible perspective to have, Jess, which is you can not like him, right? You can not like him for a plethora of reasons, um, but he does have a bit of an underdog story. He yeah. does have a bit of a self-made millionaire story. And in combat sports, he's doing this thing where he is holding Dana White and organizations accountable for lack of fighter pay. Uh, he's paid fighters out of his own pocket to train to where fighters are saying themselves, I would rather train with the Paul brothers because they pay me more than actually fighting Ooh, for one that. of these organizations. That's, that's scary that's, shit. That's the reality. Um, I think that, again, there are ve- there are no fighters in the UFC that are going to come out and hold the UFC accountable and say, you guys don't pay us enough. No, now, no, but they'll, real quick. They'll do what they're quick, doing now, Jared, Jared Kennedy did come out and after his win, congratulations to Jared Cannonier for his win over Kev, uh, Kelvin Gasmo. Uh, they asked him like, "What are you going to do?" And he's like, "Well, fuck, man, I'm broke. I, I, I really don't know. Like, yep. if I would have won, fight. if I wouldn't have won, I have this to fight, fight because I'm broke. I would have done. I have to fight because I'm broke. So if you can give me a fight as soon as possible, please, I'm ready. That's what he said. That's what that's what some of these fighters are saying. That is a sly way of acknowledging fighter pay is so poor that I don't know what I'm going to do next. But I know I need to start training again for another fight because this is I'm a prize fighter and this is the only way that I can get paid. The organization that I'm in has me committed to contracts to where I really can't make money outside unless they agree to it. So I am truly a prize fighter now, unlike Paul, where he can go outside and stream and make money off of that or make, uh, you know, Instagram uh, photos that that he can market himself on and stuff like that. Again, so to get back to the Paul thing, you know, we love to do the pro wrestling talk. We've already started here. He might, in my opinion, he might be doing the the heel, the face turn. Which is saying, hey, look, I'm a self-made millionaire. Hey, look, I'm I'm I I'm working my ass off. I'm working with pro fighters here. Um, I'm not cutting corners, you know. I, I'm I, how I got here is how I got here. You may say that I cut corners because I haven't fought 15, 20, 25 people like some boxers traditionally have in the past 20, 30 years. But again, he's the unique scenario, the one person that can do it differently. And credit to him for completely exposing the game and profiting to the maximum on it. Because again, just as we love to say every week, prize fighting. The fact that again, and, and we'll stay here for a second and then we'll hop into the picks. The fact that we are once again, 18 or 19 shows in, and this is the fifth or sixth show that we are discussing fighter pay and lack thereof is alarming. And again, we will bring it to your attention every time we do this show. These guys are prize fighters. We cannot be mad at them for trying to get the biggest bag, the biggest prize. And if they have to do it by being slick on television and their post fights and going, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to start training again because I got to fight because this is how I get paid. If they've got to get emotional on uh, post-fight press conferences and say, man, I'm in debt and I don't know what I'm doing next. And I, and, and this bonus, 
I'm so emotional because this money, this prize truly is life changing to me. Um, while the, uh, you know, while Dana White buys a second yacht or sits <laughs> on his yachts and shoots these videos with these chefs that make more than these fighters. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's maddening. And I can understand. And I think that we're in this unique scenario to where we have empathy for the fighters that entertain us, but we're not going to pitchfork. Like, like, what do we do? What do we do? Do we stop buying the fights? How, how do we prevent that? Do that we, hurts them also. What, yeah. Used, what do you, we, you what, stop buying what do we do? Fights do we send, you cut their money even, even more in half. Do we send an angry tweet to Dana White? Who's going to turn around and block he, us he or did. fucking he dunk on us or dunk or dunk on us and then block us because I, that's the move. Actually, I think well, that's what he did. Well, exactly. Well, he dunked on you and then blocked Yeah, he dunked on me the block. And then he hopped on a yacht and he made a video. And then the fucking chef. Beautiful women. and Chef chef fucking cutting up the finest aged beef. Uh, Again, we're in a tricky scenario here because this is the point, Jess. We we talk about problems and solutions here, right? And I I like to do this with my children, okay? Are are we part of the problem or are we part of the solution? If you're going to bring me a problem, also bring me a solution, right? Please make my life easier here. We can talk about the problem, but what is the true solution? You know, we can talk about unions again, but they'll never form. Are we doing dog chase tail every time we talk about this? Because now maybe I'm having that, that realization. Um, I don't know, Jess. Platform. Platform, my friend. We all have a platform. mm -hmm. In the modern day and age that we live in now, people can go and get on their own damn podcast. They can go get their own damn YouTube. They can go get their own Twitter. They can get their own Facebook. And everybody's got a platform. This is ours. And I'm here to say that if Jared Cannonier, the number three middleweight in your division, is coming out publicly... And saying, I'm broke is a fucking joke. So let's hook up another fight quick so I can make some money. That's a problem. I see it. Everybody else sees it. But until the fighters do something about it, it's always going to be this way. Just the following weekend, a YouTube superstar, self-made, self-created, not part of a machine, which promotes him is probably, again, going to cash a $25 million check for fighting Tyron Woodley. And Tyron Woodley, who just left that organization after being an absolute lieutenant for them, yes, um, is now going to make more money in one night than he is in two or three combined years. What in the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> are you ready? I, I, uh, who you got, by the way? You got Woodley or you got Paul? Because I've started to sell myself on Woodley here, which is what I do. I, I can't. Same thing I did with Aspen. So here, here's the thing. I, I love where Vitor's at. And we talked about this, this fight last week. But uh, I don't believe in Tyron Woodley's striking enough for me to say that he's going to go and win a competitive boxing match. My money is on, on the Paul. The Paul's going to win this fight. He's going to collect a check, take another name, and move on to the next big moneymaker fight whatever that may be yeah i'm not sure what that is it could, there, there's names but who knows uh we'll do the same thing we did after paul won his last fight we'll immediately go to a las vegas insider.com and pull up the odds for the next potential fight and then just start fucking poking holes at it um i i am going to sell myself on woodley before fight night so i still got about 48 hours but right <laughs> now right now 
I'm leaning Askren via decision. He's not. He's not going to starch. Um, he's not going to starch Woodley. I don't. If Woodley makes mistakes, it's slow reflexes. It's not because he's a bad fighter. It's just slow. It's just bad reflexes from a guy that's just been uh, in combat sports a little bit too long. And and Paul is just able to catch him with a big right hand or something silly like that. And, I don't think he knocks him out. I think he goes we, eight rounds or ten rounds, whatever it is. Can we please get over the notion that that Jake Paul is not a real fighter? He trains every day. He you know he trains for the. Yeah, you got to give him his credit. I, I I want people to look. We can shit on him because you can be like, oh, he's a YouTube guy. That's great, man. That YouTube guy is in a real ring, kicking real fighters' asses. And collecting real ass, big ass checks. So let's get over the notion that he's not a real fighter. At this point in time, I consider Jake Paul just as much of a fighter as pretty much anybody else in uh, in at least MMA. I think again, once you start to collect four to five fights, once you have trained for X amount of years, uh, once you have the respect of people in gyms. I think that's that that makes you a fighter again. The guy was a heel, and now he's turning face right before our eyes, and, yeah. and we just don't know how to absorb it. So we just got to lay back and enjoy it. Uh, should we should we hit some football here? Let's get uh, to the, we, let's let's get we, to the second half of the world famous over under show. We will start by explaining the one rule that the show has, the one rule that the show has always had: pushing is for pussies. There is no push. For example. We the Buffalo Bills are a 10 and a half over under. Jesse is not allowed to push. Jesse cannot say, No, I'm gonna go 10 and 7. I think they're a 10 and 17. We don't push here. You have to go over or you have to go under. At the end of this, Jess, I'd like to get your Super Bowl prediction here so we can really wrap up the way too early bow. Um, we started with the Cowboys last week, and it just so happens here. We're starting with the AFC East, I believe. We are starting with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. The over-under is 10.5. Jess, what you got? 10.5 is a way for Vegas to play it safe in terms of Josh Allen's progression or regression. I have full belief that there will be no regression in his game. The Bills have added pieces to make that offense even better. It should be the number one or two offense in the league this year. Oh, wow. And that defense, looking mighty young again, looking mighty spry, should at least be somewhere near the top 10 instead of the bottom part of the 20s like they were last year. All that combined, I'm taking the big over mm. on Buffalo Bills at 10.5. 17 Um <laughs> I'm – I think that's what we did. I think that when we were hanging out a few shows ago, we started picking through Buffalo's season, and we were like, well, 10 wins isn't impossible, but it ain't easy. Not easy. Um, so the over's tough. Um, again, we're discussing regressions here, and I agree with you, or I don't think Allen is going to regress. I think he's going to be the same 4,500, 5,000 yard, 37 touchdowns, or whatever it is. I think he's going to be in that realm again. I do believe he will be in the MVP talks again. He will be a top five, top three quarterback. But again, we worry about this defense. We worry about how much they're going to give it up. And we worry, I mean, when we say we, I mean me. I'm speaking on behalf of the show. I uh, we, us, uh, Bills Nation. I worry about that division. Is are the are, are the Dolphins better? Are they worse, or are they the same? All, you know, it, the same with uh, the the 
Patriots, who we're definitely going to talk about here in a moment, are they yeah. better, are they worse, or are they the same? So, so we'll see. I'm good with the over, but I think we're right there at 11 wins, possibly 12, if they, if they just get hot and go on a run. So I'm sticking with you there on the over-under. Um, Miami Dolphins, over-under 8.5. Uh, we spent a lot of time. Dolphins. Spent a lot of time just talking about the quarterbacks last week, and there's a reason for that because the quarterbacks touch the ball more than anyone on offense. Quarterbacks usually dictate how your team plays, operates in the wins and losses. This team is going to run two, it looks like. He was benched twice last year, I believe. Uh, over under eight. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzy, who is gone? He gone. Uh, he gone. Eight. And a half wins. This is an interesting one, Jess. You go over, you go under. So this is where I'm going to shock the world. Oh, no. Uh, I am going to be at uh, the Halloween game in Buffalo as they play the Miami Dolphins this season. Yes. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm going to tweet all over. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be me going through a table. But besides that, I think that the Dolphins are going to be better than eight and a half wins. I can see them pulling off nine. I can see them possibly reeling off 10 if they can get at least one win versus Buffalo, which I believe in that schedule, I do have one of Buffalo's losses being a game in Miami. Hmm. They just have issues playing in Miami. Just With the division, sometimes your division's your biggest foe. The AFC East is, is one of the tougher divisions as, as far as like competition within the division. I'm not saying outside, but uh, I'm taking the Miami Dolphins over on this. I, I, I like that number to make me some money at the end of the season. I like where your head's at. I don't like the pick. I'm going under. Um, I I think this division is going to be top heavy and then bottom heavy. Um, I can see Miami with like a four or five win team. I, I love Tua. I just don't trust him. I don't trust that offensive line. Um, I don't trust their defense. Uh, I'm. I know that. Uh, what is it? Their coach is a defensive guy, I believe. But yeah, I. Brian Flores. I'm. I'm. I'm going under. I think they're a five-win team. I, I don't trust them. And the maybe. Maybe. Defense is maybe difficult. It really again. It falls on Tua. If Tua's upside is ridiculous and he ends up being like a short Deshaun Watson, well then what are we doing? Fuck, he's a beast. You know. Then yeah, over. But I don't. I just. I just don't trust him. I don't trust that line. And I think that line's gonna hurt him. Um, I'm going under. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it on bad teams. Um, New England, the Patriots, over under nine and a half. Lot of talk here after they beat up that Philadelphia team here, Jess. Um, what are they doing at quarterback? A lot of talk about what this uh, Mac Jones did. Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, what he did during this, uh, what was it, like a fucking scrimmage today? I guess he lit up a uh, scrimmage today. Um, who you got? It's I'm sorry, to, not who you got. Nine, nine and a half. Nine and a half. What you got? It's easy to light up a scrimmage, you know? I agree. You're just just playing. I think it was – I think they were playing yes. – Um, a, who were they? I, I'm going to fucking pull it up right now. But uh, over under nine and a half wins, we're going to start there. You're going over, you're going under. I'm taking the under. I, I, I love Bill Belichick as much as all Bills fans will hate that. That actually just came out of my mouth. Bill Belichick is possibly the greatest head coach to ever coach a football team. Uh, But they just have so many holes. Uh, They just unloaded uh, their starting running back from last, from last year, Sony Michelle unloaded him for a couple draft picks over to LA. 
so he's going to play over in the sunshine with the Rams. Uh, I think that that actually hurts them. I know that he wasn't that great last year in his second year in the league, but they really have no other running back to fill in. Uh, the offensive line is still banged up and doesn't look any better than it did last year, which means whether it's either Cam or Mac Jones, mm-hmm. someone's running for their fucking life, and it's going to happen a lot. Uh, Cam Newton, his passing does not look any better. Mac Jones is very flat-footed and won't be able to run away from defenses very very well. So I'm taking the under on this. Um, quickly, I'll read this. Uh... Mac Jones and the Patriots were doing formidable against the Giants defense. At one point, the rookie from Alabama was 21 for 23, completing 14 consecutive passes. Um, that was today. Um, over under on when Mac Jones becomes the starter, if even, because maybe Belichick does some weird fucking uh, Cam plays five games, Jones plays three, who knows? Um, but I want to set it kind of fucking low. I want to set it like five, five and a half, over under five and a half. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the over on that number. Mm. A lot of moving parts with Cam right now. Yeah, you know what? With Cam Newton, there's games where he will look like a former uh, regular season MVP, and then there's gonna be games where he looks timid. You know. Gun shy, can't pull the trigger, or when he does pull the trigger, it's something ugly that comes off his hand. Mm. Uh, so it's just really a hit and miss. With but but because of the leadership, because he's a veteran, because he's been to Super Bowl, because of all these things, I think Belichick treasures that in a vet. And I think that regardless of whether they're three and three or three, you know, three and four, somewhere in that range, I think he'll stick it out with Cam for at least six games. Is this going to be – oh, um, Jones was 35 of 40 in the practice, uh, 11 and 11. 11 for 11 uh, on the seven-on-seven seven drills. That's So that's those are some more of the numbers. Good numbers. Good numbers. Uh, no, ta- no, no, no. Defenders aren't tackling. Uh, times are pulling up. Again, it's practice. We're on the same page there. But, but still, rookies coming in, hitting darts like that. Uh, hasn't Belichick done this before where uh, – Guy wasn't playing so well, got injured, got sat. Guy never got his job back. Uh, another quarterback, uh, TB12, came in and just kind of took over from there. Not saying this happens here. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the worst comparison of all time. I'm just saying. Um, God, I'm going to take the under on camp starts at, at the five and a half. I think I think the, the, the COVID stuff. I think the injury stuff, and I think for some reason Belichick's just going to get real froggy and horny for. He's going to be horned for uh, Matt Jones. Team horn for some Mac Jones. I and mean, you can't blame him. Maybe, maybe again, this kid dropped a little bit. Remember, there was a point we were like, this kid's going to be the second or third pick. We thought the Niners might take him, and now maybe he has a bit of a little bit of a you know a flame fire under that ass, flame under that ass. We'll, well see. You know, we fire also feet. All, we also all joked around and, and thought that Tom Brady was. A terrible fucking draft pick. So, and, and we see how that turned out. And I'm not saying by any means, please, NFL gods, do not bash me. I'm not saying that Mac Jones is going to end up being TB12. But he, you know, he looks the part of an NFL quarterback. I've, I watched the game against the Eagles. I watched him play. His throws looked crisper off his fingers than Cam. Uh, Cam tends to throw the ball downward. 
if you notice, like people go back and watch a lot of his passes. I think the reason why he doesn't really have a lot of long ball passes, deep ball passes, because I don't think he can throw deep. He doesn't have the arch. Everything's straight or down. Yeah. Mac Jones has some good touch and enough mobility, I guess, to get out of sticky situations uh, in order to roll out and maybe drop off the pass to a running back. So, but again, with that being said, and taking way too much time for the Patriots, uh, I think it's okay to. I think you that Cam will be offered the assurance of at least six games before he gets pulled and they throw in Mac Jones. I listen to uh, Belichick on, on these interviews now while I'm in the car and I hear him talking about basically no position safe. Beginning of the year, every position's up for grabs and blah, 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 all these moving parts. Um, hey, I'm going to go over, by the way. I love New England, and I'm buying in. I'm all in on the <laughs> – these guys are back from COVID, um, and then maybe maybe Matt Jones has figure it out while he's, while he's out there. And if their defense is what it was the year before last, remember their defense was pretty fucking elite the year before last, and then they just had a lot of guys sit. I think they've added to that defense. I'm, I'm going over. I think, again, this division's top-heavy, double wins from the uh, Pats, double wins, double-digit wins from your Buffalo Bills, and then we're going to have a very low wins from Miami, and then the next team who we're going to talk about here just so happen to be the New York Jets. Jess, I promise we won't spend a ton of time on this team. Rookie quarterback, their over-under is six and a half. What are they smoking? Six and a half? Holy fuck. These numbers had to have come out before. Got, where's, the where's that other hit. website I was using that had like 10 different over unders. I mean, um, this is ha- terrible. Yeah. So look, New York over the last two weeks has lost several members of their defense, including Carl Lawson, their forty-eight million dollar man, out for the entire season. They lost. Jesus, I didn't even know that. They lost Vinny Curry, who they picked up, uh, I believe, a former Atlanta Falcon on the defensive line. Uh, he was another free agent pickup. He is gone for the first 12 to uh, 12 to 13 weeks of the season due to some sort of blood disease that he didn't even know he had. So they're losing guys. There's been guys getting injured. And now you're putting all of this pressure onto Zach Wilson, the former Brigham Young quarterback. Yeah. Is it Steve Brigham y- Young? Steve Young's darling. Steve Young. Steve Young loves this motherfucker. So if if I had if I had to pick it, look, six and a half is low. Okay, I get it. Like anybody can really pull off six wins, but at six and a half, I'm taking the under. So I'm trying so hard to find that other fucking website that I was uh, using last week, and I can't. I'm just depressed that I can't. Uh, This is going to be one of the four worst teams in the NFL. Ooh. They struggled a ton last yeah, year. You just, you, you just mentioned all of the issues that they had with losing players. And you're running a rookie quarterback out there after their last quarterback had issues. Um, yeah, this is a three or a four win team. I don't, I was six and a half. That's fucking insane. I keep looking at other websites here. I'm hoping to uh, see. And yeah, six. Ugh, I see six on another website. What, is there something we don't know? Are, are, did they get Aaron Rodgers and we were fucking asleep or some shit? Did they did they trade for Deshaun Watson while we were sleeping? 
Not that I know of. Six, I six see and five half. and a half. Even even I see five, five and, and a half. half on another website, Jess. Five I and, five and is, a half. On but I would website. I would take five and a half. You know, as far as like looking for an over under, I could actually take the over on the five and a half, in in hopes that they can somehow miraculously pull off a six win. But I think that you're right. Okay. I think the Jets are definitely going to be in that bottom four to five realm in the NFL. I really do. I think that Zach Wilson. Uh, he's just going to be out there scrambling all over the place, trying to make plays, throwing to guys who don't even really have names in the NFL. And you can't, you just can't do that when you have a rookie quarterback. You've got to have stability for that guy. If the league has taught us anything, it's this. Quarterbacks generally don't develop until the franchise develops around them. And I know it's his rookie year, and they did draft some nice pieces. But as I said before, they've lost some of those pieces. Uh, hell, they're, they're, I believe it was a linebacker's coach died in a bicycle accident. Yes. So it's tragic as the, fuck. The no, it's a quarterback's season. coach. It's a quarterback's coach, quarterback's coach that thing. their coach brought over from oh. the West Coast. And this is another guy, Steve Young, uh, I believe spoke at his funeral because this guy, Steve Young, swears by him. So uh, this was another thing. Uh, the connection is there, that BYU connection, that Steve Young, that Niners connection. Um, so they brought him over. My man's done. He's he's R.I.P. All right, all right. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Coach. Here we are. Fucking so. Um. Yeah. The under. We're not spending more time on this. Get this shit out of here. It's bad. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the. Uh, I'm I'm taking the under. I'm all the way on the under. Please. I almost want to put this as a lock. Uh, Baltimore Ravens eleven and a half. Uh, wins. Uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson. They asked him. Uh, they asked him. Do you think teams have figured you out? He got a little bit uh, offended. Hey, there's a shitload of tape out there on you. Uh, yeah, teams might have figured you out, my man. You're not the best passing. Teams say, hey, if we just sit on the under and QB spy you, uh, you're not going to – and don't let you make electric plays. Uh, you're you're beatable now. Teams might have figured you out. Uh, 11 and a half. This team is uniquely reloaded. Um, I think they reloaded at running back and they got another wide receiver. Um, two new starters on the right side of the offensive line, which is not good. Um, I feel like they used to rely on their defense more. I'm not sure if they can anymore. Um, what do you got here, Jess? 11 and a half. That's a high number in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, John Harbaugh is a fantastic coach. He is a molder and shaper of young men, and he has been doing it since he's been in the NFL. He's got Super Bowl to, to prove that. He's had multiple uh, uh, championship games, uh, conference championships or divisional championship games to prove that. Uh, his team, uh, if you want to take preseason to, into any kind of account, uh, haven't lost a preseason game since like 2011. Mm. Uh, and even, even uh, just a couple of years back when Lamar Jackson did win his MVP, uh, you're talking about a team that was like, I want to say they were 14-0 and before they lost their first game. I mean, he is a great coach, and he does great things with free agency. And he, and I believe that this team retooled perfectly. I think the defense is going to be scary. I think that the offense is going to be. I I say the same, but that's still scary. I still love their offense. Scares me. The, what what Lamar Jackson can do with the football is absolutely amazing. It's it's stuff that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can't do it's stuff that John mm. do. it's stuff that you know Dak and Deshaun and all they can't do now 
I'm speaking mainly with his legs, obviously, as more of a running back. But the man is still electric. You let him have an inch, and he will take 70 yards. That is a fact. I'm going to take the over because I think the Ravens are going to be a tremendous football team this year. Uh, I like the over. I don't love it. And I am of the opinion that Lamar's got a little bit of a bigger Vic where he um, can make plays when defenses break down. He's difficult to tackle and he's got a bullet, he got rifle for an arm. Doesn't always make the best throws. The football IQ isn't always there. You know, let me make the best play. And sometimes the best play is throw the ball away. Sometimes the best play is take the sack for a loss of a yard instead of trying to, you know, be Superman and you end up running around and you losing 12 yards or turn the ball over. Um, I don't love it. The over, I think they're like a 12 and five team, but I do believe they beat up on the division and they're going to pick up. Oh, they're going to they're going to, they're going to pick up four or five wins in division as is. Um, I'm going over. Don't out on a horrific injury. I don't love the over of six and a half. Um, what do you got here, Jess? Six, uh, six and a half is what we're looking at here. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are not going to be very good. I mean, I should have just said that about the Jets, and I should have said that about some of the other teams we just talk, spoke about. The, yeah. The Cincinnati Bengals are not going to be very good. Uh, Jamar Chase is out here dropping passes like it's nobody's business. Like he's yeah. afraid the ball's going to explode or something. I don't know what's going on. Did you? Uh, he spent he stuff? spent his whole like junior year of of college winning national titles and catching outstandingly awesome, amazing passes from Joe Burrow, by the way. And now he can't catch a pass in the NFL to save his life, even if it's wide open across the middle with no one around him. Uh, he's got he's got to fix the his case of the drops or his case of the nerves, one or the other. The yips? He's got a case of the yips? He's got a case of the yips. The defense is going to be mind-blowingly bad. Teams, teams will run <laughs> rough shot over that defense. Uh, the offensive line is a makeshift of guys who nobody else wanted and a couple of rookies. So Joe Burrows, like, if I'm Joe, I'm just thinking in the back of my head, yeah, at some point in time I may blow out my other ACL. Like, I don't know. Like, this, this offensive line is terrible. I mean, he should go recruit all of his offensive line from LSU and just have the Bengals sign them all. Just pay them all. <laughs> just pay them just all. Just find a way. Put them right there in front so the guy can be comfortable with the football in his hand. Uh, with that being said, I can see them winning four, four or five games. Six and a half is a lot. I'm taking the under. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stick with there. Uh, again, bad teams. I'm not spending a ton of time talking about them. They're a bad team. And I'm worried about Burrow. I, I just, again, I don't like someone blowing their knee out and coming back a year later. Uh, under. Oh, big his, under. His, his knee brace, by the way, makes it look like he's got a robotic leg, and it is kind of cool to see. It's a four-win team. <laughs> That's where we're going to stay. Uh, Browns over under, nine and a half wins. Damn. I, can we, again, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. I'll, I'll come back to it, but. Can we stop with the this is the Baker maker break year? God. Uh, Jess over under. What do you got? Nine and a half. No, let's go back to that real quick. Tell me, do you, do you like Baker? Is that what you're saying? You're saying Baker's the real? 
I don't. I don't. I don't believe Baker. I've Ooh. said this multiple times. I think I've stolen this take from Chris W. Powers. I think Baker has one read and one read only. And once that read is taken away, he is either going to urinate all over himself, or uh, take a sack, or run around and, and try and create something. But I truly believe he is a one-read quarterback. If you can't make, if you can't find you in that first read. He's in fucking trouble. He's had elite wide receivers on both ends. Uh, maybe not elite, but great. Uh, you know, Pro Bowl level wide receivers. Um, he's had great tight ends. He's had two stud running backs. And uh, you know how you make Baker look good? You know how you hide all his uh, flaws? Is you rude. You put a bunch of makeup on him. Like a fucking uh, Instagram wench. Yeah, you run the ball forty times with the stud running backs that they have. Nick Chubb, man, he's a big Chubb maker. But who was the other kid they had? They had another kid in there. Cream Hunt, Cream yes. Hunt, the former Chiefs. Yes, they had two. St- is he still there? Is he he's, gone? No, he's still. I believe he's still in. Uh, I believe I got to pull up the roster. I got to pull up the roster. I believe um, they extended him, so they got Hunt and Chubb still. Got it. They got Hunt on the cheap, and they paid Chubb. Yeah. Dude, Baker should never fucking throw more than 25 <laughs> balls a game. Are you kidding me? I love me? how you are straight murdering Baker Mayfield. I'm by the way, saying. by the way, Jay's yeah. done a, per, a poetic job of murking Baker. I'm going to say yes. that Baker Mayfield's never done anything at any point in time in his career dating back to college oh, to wow. to allow me to think that he's a pinata now. Anything better than what he is right. We have Strung up Baker Mayfield on this podcast, so. and he is a pinata. <laughs> we have blindfolds on, and we are just beating him until he fucking busts open with candy. Um, hey, let's continue. Uh, if we're ranking quarterbacks, and I just want to say we're going to take him out of the first tier, and we're going to take him out of the second tier. Ooh. So there's a third tier here, right? Is Baker a third tier quarterback? Well. What, what tier do you consider Kirk Cousins? Let's go. Oh, that's good. He's a third-tier quarterback. Because I consider He's Kirk He's a third-tier quarterback. I would take Kirk Cousins over Baker Mayfield any day of the I'm gonna, week. I'm going to throw a really bad one at you. Let's just to, just to get just to get your pulse. <laughs> De- Derek Carr? <laughs> <laughs> They're like the same guy. You know what? I'm going to take Derek Hill because I like him so much more. He's a Fresno boy. He's a Fresno on, guy. Man. He's a Central Cali. He's, hey, got, listen, a good, he's got a good You're a Josh Allen guy. He's you're a, a Josh guy. Allen guy. You know he's a hard ass. You're a you're a car guy. You know he's a Central Valley hard ass. That's right. They've been in these Fresno streets. They know. They've been on the 99. Um, what's going to protect Cleveland? And why that number feels like a good number? And why I don't hate the 9.5? Is they've still got a a potential defensive player on the of the year on the other end of the ball, right? And and they've done a pretty decent job of building around that dude. Um, I I don't know what, what do you got over under nine and a half? I never got that number. For I I'm gonna <laughs> like a lot, but, but, I'm but not again, gonna, bad but, division, but I'm not going bad to division on the Cleveland Browns as a football team because I believe they have a top tier offensive line. They have two to three really good running backs. And they have, they still have Odell. And if he can actually look, I don't know if it's Odell's fault. 
or if it's Baker's fault <laughs> that he's just not getting the ball or where. But you still have him. He's still there. You got Jarvis Landry on the other side. You've got multiple other wide receivers that come in. I believe they still have David Nwaku. So the offense and the defense and the defense got better too this year. They went and they went to free agency and they went they went hungry like a shark, man. They they picked I'm up saying, they have a they have a potential defense. So player all of the Baker year. has to do is be manageable. That's it. And they'll win 11, 12 games. So, yeah, I'm going to say Jesus, 12? 12 games. Jess, I just want you to think about that out loud when we're making these, when we're making these calls. Because now you're saying there's basically – 11 games top. I mean, yeah, just Let's do that. Down. Because what you're saying here is there's going to be two teams in that north that are going to win double-digit games. And I just don't see it. I, I, I believe it fully. The, the Ravens are going to be really good. I'm, I'm looking at the Ravens being something like 13 and 4. I can see the Browns being eleven and six, easy. Jesus, they have Miles Garrett on one side and Jadavion Clowney on the other. Like I said, man, their team. <laughs> if, if you put Aaron Rodgers, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, oh, and I'm like trade me. I'm like no, man. Let's trade. Let's trade me to Cleveland because I'm gonna win a fucking Super Bowl with the Browns. Yeah, they're gonna be good. Die. I'm not taking that fucking over, and I'm not pushing because we're not pussies here. I'm taking the other. They're an eight and nine team. I'm going eight and nine. I don't love them. They're gonna lose. Do you know? You know? You know what's gonna happen? They're gonna come down here to the end of the year. They're gonna lose to the Steelers because they always lose to the fucking Steelers. They're gonna go on eight and nine. Um, speaking of Pittsburgh Steelers, are a weird eight and a half. Uh, Big Ben. They're gonna roll him out for another season. Uh, <laughs> He's a he's a here's a he's a he's a tier three, a level three quarterback. I would say uh, so. Oh yeah. Steelers over under eight and a half. What do you got? Well, it's hard for me to take the over when I just when I just said the Browns and the Ravens are both gonna win like double digit games. Every team in the in the north is over. Go just do it. Why not? So shit. Uh I, I do believe that the Steelers are gonna be a little bit better than they were last year. Uh, offensively, I think Najee Harris brings a, a different running style to that team. They're not going to be so reliant on the short yardage as they are in a short yardage position. They can just swing it out to Najee Harris and let him run. Uh, he, you know, obviously he's a he's a good pass catcher as well as a running back. Uh, Pat Fryermith, uh, if you all have been paying attention to preseason, has made a huge impression on Ben Roethlisberger. Matter of fact, he's targeted that big ass white boy. Many, many times, and he's Is tight end. Multi, yes, tight end, and he's caught multiple touchdowns. Big Ben loves big Haas tight ends, and he, Pat Farmouth is a big Haas tight end. Uh, that kid's gonna have an outstanding year. He he may not have the yards, but he will get the red zone opportunities. I guarantee it. That defense is what I would worry about. The defense is suspect in in Pittsburgh. It's weird because they have the names, but they just don't stay healthy. And it's been that way for years. Maybe you got to look at the trainer and think about making a change. Oh, wow. I don't know. Okay. Taking a shot at the trainer. I know. I feel bad. When TJ Watt stays on the field for 17 games, I feel like he's a top five defensive player, top eight defensive player. They still have Cam Hayward. Uh, they, I mean, Isn't Devin Bush is in a like slouch. 52 years old now. I'm like, nah, he's getting a good point. <laughs> Good point. Joe Hayden isn't trash. He's still serviceable. God, you're right. They do have some holes in defense. That defense, yeah. especially in the secondary. 
I mean, if you go, I, I don't even have, I don't even have anything up right now. I can't look at anything, but I can I'm guarantee at you, I can't see I'm looking at one, I can't see one secondary player that I would be afraid to throw on. No, they got Joe Hayden. They got uh, Terrell Edmonds. Oh, they got Mika Fitzpatrick. He's no slouch. Well, as a safety, yeah, he's a, he's a beast at safety, but you're not throwing against him. You're throwing to the receiver and he's, having yeah, – he's suffering over. He's suffering over. They they play – they do a little bit of a Palomalu, if I believe, with the, with Minka. Cool. Hey, um, oh, you you went under or are you going No, over? I'm going over. <laughs> wow, you're on drugs. Um, I, can, I think that they can under. win nine games. Just stop the madness. I think they stop. can. Stop. Just stop. No. Well, if you want to say pushes for pussy and they're an 8-19 and you think they're going to win nine games, I'm good with that, but I'm not. No. This is a seven or a six-win team. They're not going to win a lot of games. I can't see Mike Tomlin ben is slow. being the head coach ben of a seven-win He's fat. He's, no. What are we doing? This is this is going to be a bad Steelers I'm living in team. 2008, man. Come on. Give me that I don't much. blame you. I mean, we love Ju- we love Juju. He's a monster. We love Chase Claypool. He has moments. You mentioned Pat Fearmouth. They got Eric Ebron. They run two tight ends. They could be scary. You got they should be running two tight ends because they got to protect fucking Ben because he's got <laughs> fucking two fat left feet and one bad one good knee. The guy is fucking on the way out. I oh. again, I, I I don't know. You know what my fear is with Ben this year, and I'm just gonna say it. And I'm sorry, Steelers fans. I don't want Ben's career to end the same way Steve Young's did on a stretcher. Um, yeah. Hey, here's an easy one. Uh, sorry, JVD. We love you. Uh, <laughs> the Houston Texans. Four and so a half. Houston Texans, four and a half wins. What are we doing? What do you got? Uh, shout out to, my, to our guy, Justin Von Doom. Follow him on Twitter, Justin Von Doom. Uh, he's got a writer's page. Please. You can hook that up later. Just go follow him. Give him a pat Incredible on the back. Give him a pat on the back. Recommendations. Meme. You know, look, we don't have to spend a lot of time with this because even if Deshaun Watson was the starting quarterback week one, this team still struggles to get to five wins. So I'm taking the under because I really believe that the, the Houston Texans are probably – going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Who's who's going to be worse? I'm going to throw three teams at you. Are you ready? Yes, I don't want to save one of them, but I'm going to throw three at you. <laughs> the Texans, the Jets, or the Jaguars? <laughs> uh, the Jaguars, they could possibly be the worst team. Uh, the Jets worse than the Texans. I, I think that the Jets, however, have a chance to beat up a little bit on the inside of their division. Possibly steal a win from the Patriots. No, okay. possibly get a win from Miami. Uh, I, I can see it happening. Okay, are you chewing the CBD chew tonight? Are you doing CBD chew? Man, I love the CBD tree on that. Anyway, oh, this you really? I, I cannot, I cannot say that the Jets are going to be worse than the Texans. Out of those teams, I do truly, and I am actually more truly sorry that I have to say this, Texans are going to be the worst team in the NFL. Uh, over under four and a half, um, I feel like three is a very safe number. Yeah. I don't think they win more than three games. Um, 
Jess, here's a here's um, a very grim over-under. This might be the grimmest over-under we've ever done. Are you ready? Let's do it. Number of games Deshaun Watson plays in the next two years, over-under, set it a half. <laughs> At what? A half, meaning he's either going to play a game in the next two years or he's not <laughs> going to play another game in the next two years. That's the most ridiculous over. He's go, I, I take the over. The man's gonna play most of this season, whether it's in this season or in New York or wherever. Jess, he's you playing, know the FBI. The FBI are at his door right now. He's playing. The, he's playing this year. The league Jesse. does not. It, the league is not biased on guys who put their penises on massage beds. <laughs> Okay. So, oh my so goodness gracious! We'll play football this season. This uh, last fifteen minutes that you've done may have been my favorite fifteen minutes <laughs> of the entire season. It really is. I just uh-huh. can't stop smiling with the fucking takes that you've been pumping out. Um, hey, he's gonna get blackballed, Jess. How about that? We're fucking throwing wild takes out here. You're feeling froggy. I'm feeling froggy. I don't think he plays this year, and I don't. I don't know if he's going to play next year. I think this shit's going to get tied up in litigation. I think his attitude is shitty. I don't think teams want to trade for him. I think the Texans are forcing his hand now. Um, and I, I Jesus, that over under <laughs> half to me, Jess. We are going to revisit this over under half in week nine. I promise you we will. I fucking promise you. And if we don't, bring it up to me because you know me. I don't mind. Hold me accountable. If I'm wrong, fucking throw that egg right on my face, dog. I got no problem with it. But that over under half right now, Jess, never forget several years ago we were doing this podcast and I said, hey, Jess, you know, I don't think Kaepernick's going to play another football game. And you said, I don't know. And uh, here we are, fucking eight years later, whatever it is, he never played another football game. Hey, you can pl- you can play him in Madden twenty two. There it is. So can we play Watson in Madden twenty two? Or he's on the. <laughs> he's busy. He's at a massage therapist. He is. He's slapping his penis on he's just uh, girl's arm. Under, 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 under. We spent too much team on this <laughs> fucking terrible team. Uh, the Colts. Very weird team. This team is weird, Jesse. Nine and a half is the number that I'm seeing. I want to go to one more website that may have them at 10. So I'm assuming this other website I'm looking at knows. Are they from Indy? Are they based in Indy? No, this is. Are they fans of Carson? Do they know something we don't about Carson? Because the fun guy wasn't going to play for 10 weeks, three weeks ago, and now he's he's starting? What's happening? What the fuck are we doing? What are you doing here? Over or under? Well, I'm going to start by saying I'm taking the under. And I don't think that Carson Wentz even plays all year. They don't have another quarterback to fill in. I mean, they have a couple. They have a one-year guy and a rookie. And one of those guys is going to be on the practice squad, at least until Carson goes down with another injury. And then they'll bring him up. But then it's really like who they play. They play Ellerling from Texas or they play Easton from Washington. Who knows? Um, I like, uh, I like the under, I don't know about the Colts. I just don't trust them. They feel like an eight and nine team to me. This is going to be a weird division. And, uh, I, I feel regression. I just don't trust Wentz. I just don't, I'm sorry. Um, 
I love this team with uh, Old Man Rivers. I don't love this team with Wentz. It's a completely different team. I know Frank Reich is a quarterback guru. Uh, you know, maybe he fixes Wentz, and there's all these connections to Wentz from Philly, but uh, I'm going to play it safe, and I'm going to go under here. I think this is an eight-win team. They do, they do, however, have uh, a really good running back in John Taylor. Agreed. They have a couple really good wide receiver options out there. And uh, I believe with the right quarterback in place, or at least go back in time to like 2015 when Carson Wentz was, you know, possibly an MVP candidate, then maybe they pull off 10 wins. But with Carson Wentz as is, He's broken merchandise, folks. He's mm-hmm. he's. It's just it hurts. It hurts me mm-hmm. to look at him run. So <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't see them getting to nine and a half. I'm taking her. Just right now for the next seventeen games, would you rather risk it with Carson Wentz or Derek Carr? Oh, I'm giving the ball to my boy. <laughs> Let's go, go dogs, get him dogs, go get him dogs. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm under. I don't trust Wentz. I, I just, I just don't trust this team. I'm under um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We just, Jess, you just called them the worst team in the league, possibly. Ugh. They, I, I, I pulled up the two websites here. One website has them at six and a half. One has them at six. So we're gonna stick with the six and a half. Over under the six and a half. I, I can't again. <laughs> Look, they just lost Travis. Don't do it. Uh, so I believe that he's out for at least most of the season. If uh, the, the, the entire season. season. Entire season. Thank you. Okay, so they've just lost their first-round draft pick, to, or the, one of their first-round draft picks, uh, and one of the guys that they were hoping was going to help kind of bring Trevor Lawrence along uh, with, his, with the short pass game. Uh, he is now gone for the entire season. They still have James Robinson, who was a very good running back last year. So I don't want to say that they don't have options, but after Robinson, they do have no options. The offensive line is a little suspect. The defensive line is even more suspect. And they, they're trying to trade their best corner off still. So the defense is going to be a bottom of the league defense. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to get a little beat up. Uh, I, I think that he'll play fine. I think that he's more ready than most rookie quarterbacks. It's just the way he, he comes in. He, he puts himself, you know, out there for everybody, the way that he throws and practice, the way that he, the way that he comes off is very NFL ready, but the rest of the team kind of isn't. So I'm taking the under. Hey, Jess, uh, refresh my memory. How many games has Urban Meyer coached in the NFL? I'm guessing none. I'm guessing 0.0.0 games. So I'm going to take a coach who is successful in college, but has no NFL experience and a rookie quarterback. And I'm going to say they're going to win six games in the NFL or more. And no, I'm not going to do that. No, Jess, we're right. You were right. The first time this is going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They're probably going to win three games, maybe four. And it's because they'll win a game or two in their division. And Lawrence will find a way to win a shootout or two. This is going to be a bad team. They're going to have bad teams. And this is one of the three worst teams in the league. You hammer the under on this one. This is three or four wins tops. Tennessee Titans. 
I feel like they used to be sexy. I don't know if they're sexy anymore. They're a nine and a half win here, which once again tells you that the South is just fucking weird this year. Um, I would assume that they would win this division, but maybe people like the Colts more. Uh, nine and a half. What are you thinking? Uh, I like I like the Titans. I like Coach Mike Rabel. I think that he's got this. I think he's got this squad heading uh, in a trending in an upward direction, if you will. Uh, I would like them uh, to win the division, or I like them to win the division. I don't trust the Colts. I love Frank Reich. Trust me. He's a hero to me. Houston Oilers comeback game. I love Frank. But uh, I w- if I'm going to pick a team to win this division, it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. I will take the over because I think defensively they're still good. Offensively, they're still really good. Derrick Henry, as long as he stays healthy. And, again, people, we, pick, we, we make these picks – in the thought that everyone will be healthy for the entire year. Obviously, things can change, but if Derrick Henry stays healthy, if the offensive line stays healthy, if uh, Ryan Tannehill stays healthy, this team wins at least 10 games. So I'm taking the over. Yeah, I think this team wins the division. I understand this division is going to beat up on itself, but this is is a 10 or 11 win team. Uh, they're going to run the ball a ton. They're still going to rely on Henry. They're still going to rely on the play-action pass. They play old-school football, and old-school football is going to win games in a bad division. Um, I'm going over. I, I actually God, I feel like this would be – of course, they're going to win the division. So I feel, if anything, the Colts will be fighting for you know maybe the second wild card. It's going to be a weird wild card in the AFC where you might have uh, – the two teams that win the wild card with like 10 or 11 wins. Cause you're right. Jester's going to be, it's going to be top heavy. Uh, AFC West. And then we are done with football. I believe we have our guest here in 15 minutes. So I think we got a, a few minutes, Jess. Let's start with the Denver Broncos. As you discussed at the beginning of the show, the Denver Broncos have elected to go with Teddy Spaghetti Legs Bridgewater this year. <laughs> awesome story. Just an awesome story. Great story. Right? Like just a fucking awesome story in the NFL. We don't get a lot of them. So awesome story. Salute to him. Um, but now we have to actually go through that story where he has to win football games and stay upright for 17 games. And, uh, I don't know if this team has a great offensive line. They've always got a pretty good defense. Uh, over under eight and a half wins. Uh, we can start at the quarterback position and then we'll jump into the over under. What do you think in one Teddy Spaghetti legs and two? I mean, we can't put in we can't put Lock as a as a bust yet, right? We're not putting Drew Lock as a bust yet, right? No, and, and that's what's that's what's very strange about the the Teddy Spaghetti leg getting the first getting the first go. We're going to build a quarterback, which I think Drew Locke is not a bust. Not yet. Like he's he he you know had a we got time. rough games, but he also has some good games. He's looked decent in preseason, uh, and, and I think that you bring a guy like Bridgewater in, but you tell him, "Hey, Teddy, you're our backup, man. Like we just want you to be here for leadership in the locker room. We want you to be here if Drew goes down." And, and if he doesn't like it, then you don't sign him. That's why I think it's very strange that you go through this whole, well, we're having a quarterback competition. I, I think you, you start Drew regardless of who, of what anyone looked like during preseason. You start Drew. 
He's your guy. You drafted him the way where you drafted him for a reason. He's a big, strong arm kid. He can he's got a missile for an arm. He can throw the ball. He's fairly mobile. And now he's got weapons on the outside, like Jerry Judy and some of these other guys. He's just getting into the NFL flow. And then you go and you pull him and say, Oh no, Teddy's our guy. That's a crusher on a on a young quarterback. So I think it was a mistake. But with that being said, I still can't see the Broncos winning a lot of games this year. Uh, I think, honestly, they'd their chance of hitting that over with Drew. Teddy, I, I think, is a great story. But come on, guys. I mean, how many, how many years are we going to talk about Teddy Bridge, Bridgewater's great mm. story? I mean, it is fantastic. At some point, it's a, it has it, to end. It's fantastic. But, I mean, every year, like with a new team, are we going to talk about how he's a great story every year? I think it's tricky, right? Because we love Fitzpatrick, and he's on a team every year. True. But but he does the thing where he goes into games, and he lights up games, and then all of a sudden he's you know a sexy fantasy commodity. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, here, go, here comes Fitzy. This is what he does. Um, <laughs> yeah. Teddy... Teddy doesn't do that. Teddy's no. boring. Teddy's bland. Teddy's colored by the numbers. Maybe here, this is a fantastic system for Teddy. And you were right, Jess. They got weapons on both sides. They got Sutton on one side. They got Judy on the other side. They got Fant at tight end. Melvin Gordon is a fucking very good running back. Um, they got Javante Williams as his second string. So Which, by the way, pieces. I really want Javante Williams to get drafted by the Buffalo Bills. So. They got pieces. They now, can they put them together? We'll see. As mm-hmm. you mentioned, Denver on defense is usually always good. They've got some pieces there. Von Miller's Von Miller always in the mix. Kyle Fuller's in the mix. He's not bad. Patrick Sertain, the second's kicking around there. Kareem Jackson isn't bad. Bradley Chubb isn't terrible. So they got some pieces. Um, but as we've talked about over and over on the show, it's always going to fall down to the quarterback. And if I am relying on Teddy spaghetti legs with two minutes left and my team is down four points, don't love my chances. Uh, don't love the eight and a half. I feel like this is a six and what is it? 11 win team now. Six and 11 loss team. Six wins, 11 losses. Ugh. I'm going under. Yeah, I like, the, I like the under for Denver. And I agree with you. You got to throw Locke out there, man. What What is Teddy Spaghetti Lake showing you that Locke isn't? Um, the shelf life on is he going to be our guy for the next few years is running thin. And unless you're seeing something in Teddy and you think he's the guy moving forward and now maybe you're the guy that rolled Yahtzee with him, um, then by all means, keep it. Um, but but I, I'm in agreement with you. I think you got to run Locke. The Las Vegas Raiders, really weird. Um, not sure what they did in the offseason. Questionable draft, some would say. Very questionable. Their, their over-under is seven and a half, Jess. And that, that I feel, is just disrespectful. Um, what do you got here on a seven and a half? Is it really disrespectful? Oof. Is it really are you going to crush the Raiders right now? I am going to crush the Raiders. Uh, I'm going to pull from the website some stats. So, oh, John no. Gruden, in his first three seasons, being at the helm, and I mean the helm, every the nothing, guy, nothing happens in Vegas without John Gruden 
put mm-hmm. his approval, his nod. 19 and 29. Okay. That's and that's rolling out with some high draft picks. That's rolling out with, with Derek. That's rolling out with uh, I think he had Amari there for one of those years before they traded Dallas, which is unconceivable. Still don't know why that trade ever happened. But they won eight and eight last but, year. But but good for you and, and Dallas Cowboy fans. You know, you got Amari Cooper. Um I, I'm taking the under because I think that this team is 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 suspect on the defensive side of the ball. They're suspect on the offensive side of the ball. Wow. I don't know who outside of uh, the running back who all of a sudden I can't think of. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, thank you. I love Josh Jacobs. If you want to talk about a great story, Josh Jacobs is a great story. And he will be a 1,000-yard rusher. So, guys, look at him when it comes to fantasy football stats and numbers. Okay. Derek Carr, I think, will also kind of help you with some fantasy football stats and numbers. But this team overall is not going to be very good. I think that someone's going to have to start growing some balls. Wow. Okay, and think about Austin John Gruden at the end of the season. Oh, my. Unless Gruden can just retool this whole team in one season. And I mean, they got to win like 13 games or something, folks. Like, they got to do something outlandish. It's got to be huge. I don't see John Gruden being back <laughs> next season. So, and, and again, I'm taking the under. <laughs> so I don't see John Gruden being back next year. Can I uh, say this? I am looking at their defense, and it is terrible. <laughs> I mean, maybe they have a lot of no name lunch pail guys. Uh, I just see no names, I don't see lunch pails. Um, on offense, Jess, they got some pieces. I mean, they got Henry Ruggs at third. He's no slouch. They got Waller the baller. He's no slouch. Uh, Renfro's, Renfro's spotty, but he's been good. Um, Brian Edwards, spotty. Uh, Kenyon Drake as a second one-two punch there. One-two punch. Raiders are usually pretty good with their one-two punch at running back. Gruden's usually good at running the ball. Um, he steals games sometimes by just running the ball late and, and wearing you out, um, keeping that defense off the field because it's terrible. But I, God, this just feels like another eight and nine team. It just does. I know we're not going to push here, but just this feels like eight and nine to me. And a seven and a half is the is is where we're at. I mean, I can go eight and nine. I can go over on that, right? I think they're an eight and nine team, maybe nine and eight. I don't. I don't think they're terrible, and I don't think Gruden gets fired, even if they go nine and eight or eight and nine, Jess, because at this point, Gruden is just part of the whole circus. And and I don't say that in a negative way, even though no. you can dictate circuses like, you know, Carney or whatever. But I I see it like the Vegas Raiders are now part of Vegas. And it's the same as when you go to Vegas now and you go to Circus Circus or you go to this casino or you go to this show. If you get a chance, you go to a Raiders game. You get to that stadium and you get a chance to see Chucky Coach and you get to walk around the stadium and, and take all the cool photos with all the Gruden stuff that's on the wall and and he's a good ambassador for the Raiders, if that makes sense, right? Like when you when you think of the Oakland Raiders connecting Rudin, you know, it's cool, I guess, right? Um, again, I just think they're, they're I just think they're a mid team, they're an average team, 
in a division that's going to have two teams that are going to be better than them. So and not, eight and nine or nine and eight ain't going to get it done in this division. You got to win double digits in this division to get it done. Um, I'm going over, but, but, but not by much. Um, Jess charges. I, I do, I, real quick, I do like where your head's at. I, I can see them being an eight-win team if they can put some things together, but I just don't see it coming together. And I'm yeah, sticking, okay. I'm sticking yeah, by we, my we're, word. We're due to I'm disagree on my one word, of these. Folks, John Gruden will not be there next year. You will have a new head coach next year. I love it. Well, you, you know, listen, you were, you, you were due to return to the scorching hot takes, so here we are. <laughs> Chargers, I love their quarterback. They're the early of the NFL right now. Everybody loves Justin Herbert. You were the first. Nine and a half seems high to me. My that's my tipping my hat. Um, division is somewhat weak, so they'll be beating up on Denver and Oakland. I'm sorry, Vegas. There it is. I blew it. Um, nine and a half over under. Uh, I I actually like the Chargers. Uh, I think defensively they're really good. Uh, I think offensively they're even better, and it all is going to stem on whether or not. And and trust me, Charger fans, I've been there. It all is going to stem on whether Justin Herbert progresses or regresses. I've I've been there with the Josh Allen stuff. I I understand where you're at. I, I get it. Because if he gets better, it's easily over ten ten. Uh, it's it's easy ten wins or more. But if he if he regresses, if teams pick up on what he's doing, the tape's uh, out there, you know, and the tape is there. You can't hide from the tape. Then you know I could see it being an under, and I'm I'm going on the overside though. I think that they're a really good football team. I think Justin Herbert is a is a good quarterback with a lot of loved them. weapons. You are an enormous Herbert guy. So. I'm taking the over on this. I like it. I like the I like the Chargers. I'm gonna piggyback on what I said. Um, bad division. You beat up on a bad division. Um, you give you know five wins there. Um, yeah, they're banged up on offense. They just so happen to have one of the best defensive players in the league with Joey Bosa. When he's healthy, he's unstoppable. Um, Eckler's yeah. no slouch. Yeah, Keenan Allen. I'm one of these when healthy. One of the top receivers in the game. Uh, their, their line's a little banged up, but we'll see what they do there. Uh, again, it's going to fall on this defense. Derwin James Jr. is an absolute stud. Bose is a stud. They got pieces. Uh, I like the over. Not by a lot, but I do like the over. Uh, I feel that 10, 11 wins is there. I'm going over. Jess, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Possibly the sexiest team in the AFC, not named the Buffalo Bills. And goddamn, they've been saddled with a big number 12 and a half. Is this the biggest number and it's the last number? I believe oh, so. It's, it's definitely the biggest number that I've seen. And they are the last team. They're the last 12 and a half? 12 and a half games. And I'm going to step it up and tell you take the over because they're a damn good fucking football team. Jesus, you're nuts. Patrick Holmes has shown nothing to make people doubt that he is one of the top prospects in the quarterback realm that the NFL has seen in probably the last 20 years. He is really good at throwing the football. He's, he makes really good reads. He, I think he can make all the reads. He doesn't make a lot of bad decisions with the ball in his hands. 
He's not all the reads, all the throws. He's not necessarily a runner, so you don't have to worry about him getting injured or banged up too often. He took care of his issue from last year, as far as surgery goes. Uh, Andy Reid is still Andy Reid, and I really just like the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that they will be in the AFC Championship game with one said Buffalo Bills on the other side of the football. Uh, with that being said, I I would definitely cash in with the God. The I'm teasing it. Uh, By the way, our guests will be ready in four minutes, so I can we can eat this up for four minutes and get our. Let me let me message him and let him know that we'll have him on here in four minutes. Uh, I'm going to message you his number as well here, Jess. Um, Hey, I love. I, I don't love the over. I like it. I don't like it. I don't love it by a ton. I think they're a 13 win team. Um, I think if they regress, maybe slightly under, but I'm not going to touch it. Mahomes is just a level better than everybody. I'm a firm believer in it's Mahomes and everybody else. The same level as LeBron and then everybody else for X amount of years in the NBA. Um, I think he's still paired with an offensive genius. Um, they've still got great running backs. They've still got Tyree Kill. They've still got Travis Kelsey. Um, they they did Hardman, I think, is going to step up his game as well. Didn't they draft a shitload of offensive linemen? Or they they just drafted a lot better. They got don't, don't they got guys coming back from injury? Got guys coming back from the COVID um, year off. They've just got some pieces here that are kind of moving. Um, and we all know in retrospect, the hindsight, the Super Bowl stuff, you know, they just kind of fell apart there at the seams at the end. Their offensive line was a sieve um, and, and they just kind of got exposed there. The, the, you know, the Tampa Bay did a great job of exposing them in that championship game in the, in the Super Bowl. Um, but I'm going over. Go. I'm going 13 wins. Jess, we do have a few minutes here. And with these few minutes, we're just going to roll it out here. The way too early Super Bowl pick. Who is in the Super Bowl? And who you got? Who is in the Super Bowl? Well, folks, if you follow me on any social media platform, you know my love for the Buffalo Bills. But now I can finally say proudly, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, Bills Mafia, hashtag Bills Mafia. And I think that this year will be the year that we get over the hump, beat the Kansas City Chiefs, in the AFC Championship, and make it to proudly the AFC in the Super Bowl. So that's one half. I believe that Josh Allen will get there. Buffalo Bills versus, here it is, I believe that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to Ah, I really do. Ah. We will have to try to beat the curse of TB12. Buffalo, <laughs> Tom Brady, I read a stat somewhere that Tom Brady – has more wins against the Buffalo Bills since his career started. Yeah. Than, that's an than the Bills have in like the playoffs or something. It's it's an insane number. Tom Brady's really good. And that Tampa Bay defense is really good. The offense is really good. So that's my that's my far too early Super Bowl prediction. The Buffalo Bills versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to borrow a page from you and I'm going to show absolute favoritism in this pick. Uh, I'm not throwing away all competent knowledge, but I am going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to represent the NFC. 
Uh, I think Dak's going to have that year. I think defensively, they're going to figure it out. I think they're going to have a decent jump from really bad to average, and that will be enough. I think they will be able to create and make enough plays to beat teams in the NFC, even the scary Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the scary Green Bay Packers, all these teams that they're going to be looking at. I think that they will win the NFC East. And in the AFC, I'm sorry, the NFC East as well as the NFC. And in the AFC, I am going Kansas City. I am not coming off of Mahomes. I believe Mahomes is, again, the greatest quarterback in the league. I think he will find a way to get it done. I think he's going to eke out games against your Bills, games against Baltimore and teams like that in the playoffs. And I believe Kansas City will beat my Dallas Cowboys and the World champions of 2021 22 going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I like it. And the MVP will be Mahomes because again, it's, it's just the Mahomes here. We're we're in that phase of Mahomes' career where we said hey, he's probably gonna reel off a bunch of Super Bowl wins. He's probably gonna reel off a bunch of Super Bowl appearances. And now we're here. We've we've Reach that plateau, and so now we're we're just got we just got to kind of go through the motions and let him be, you know, we got to crown him and let him do his thing. Yeah, uh, I do. I do think that uh, the Super Bowl goes through the AFC, whether it's or your Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think the teams like the Packers, you know. If they can keep Aaron Rodgers, I think that they will be in line to try to dethrone the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, man, it's going to be tough. Send that Tampa, text, Tampa, by the way, Jess. I, I did. Okay, perfect, I, I did send the text, so hopefully he gets it and hopefully he can log in. I honestly, right. to God, have no idea how Anchor runs their their time limit and stuff. So oh, are we going to get kicked off? I have no idea. Are you serious? I don't think that we will get kicked off. <laughs> I just don't know if we will be able to get him on. Uh, Why is it? So. All right. Let's kick around for a minute. Hopefully our yeah. guest comes on. We're just going to open the forbidden door and let our guest do his thing. Um, if he gets kicked off, I mean, it's live radio. What are you going to do? This is how the podcast works. We've never went this deep into the show and then invited a guest, I believe. So is that the snag that we're afraid we're going to run into? I, I, I kind of gut feeling, yes. Your assumption is the worst. Here, <laughs> My assumption saying. is the worst. But I, he does have the link right now. I sent him the link. It shows via my text messaging system that he has seen the link. Yeah, so, he's asking me if he can join from his computer. I'm telling him no microphone only. So we'll yeah. see if he's going to hop on here. So, I think he was going to try and do uh, like our boy MMA Kings and do something really fancy with like the studio production and shit like that. We don't do studio production here. Not often. Do you use your AirPods? <laughs> He's asking me about AirPods now. You can use your AirPods, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I used to use my Beats all the time. So, Did you really? They have Beats head. Oh, I guess they do, huh? I don't anymore because for some reason I sound better with the way things go now. And I don't want to mess with the juju. Once you go, okay. He's trying to log on now. So here we go. So to keep people listening. And so no, I got it. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a warm up here. Please do. Uh, 
Matt should be on any second. If you fast forwarded through all of this and you are getting here, uh, we've been doing the podcast for uh, 18, 19 episodes. We've done zero wrestling. We've always threatened it. We've always um, said at some point we're going to do some wrestling. And here we are. Uh, Matt was fortunate enough to be at the AEW taping of Rampage last week. The CM Punk premiere was a big moment in wrestling. So as soon as he hops on, if allowed, we will have him talk for a few moments. And then Jesse and I are going to get the hell out of here. And then I am going to actually go watch AEW because it comes on at 8 o'clock West Coast time. So that is my plan. Will you be watching wrestling tonight, Jess, or no chance? I will not be. Yeah, right. What are you but, doing after this? But I am looking forward to see what happens with the now return of CM Punk, because he will be on the show. So I'm excited yeah. to see what happens. Yes. I love and- I, I love the whole <laughs> AEW thing. I love what they got going on. Uh, but they got to make it a little bit more accessible for people. Oh, what do you mean by that? Stream. I just, I stream shows. So unless they're on Hulu or something, I really can't. They are on Hulu. Are they? Yeah, TNT's right. on Hulu, isn't it? I, I have no idea. I if I can find them, I'll, I'm a watcher. Go find TNT, and then uh, d- can you DVR on Hulu? Oh God, now we're doing the old man show. <laughs> I don't DVR stuff. You just got? Oh no, really? You don't? Wow. Listen to you. You said mm. it like you were offended that I asked that question. I DVR like that's how I watch wrestling. I DVR it. You fast forward through the commercials. It's it's fucking awesome. That's what. God, you, I, I'm shocked that you don't DVR shit. You got to DVR shit to fast forward through the commercials. I fucking hate commercials now. When I watch wrestling and there's commercials now, I'm like, this is bullshit. I have to sit through these now? fuck am I doing? I can't fast forward through this? <laughs> this might be the heavily edited portion of the show. We're, we're, we're so pampered these days. Dude, I, I think we've had this conversation before. I am all app now. I have nothing in regards to a cable box. I shoot everything app. My phone has like eight apps on it now. And I fucking... All right, here we go. He's going to try and hop on here now. <clears throat> I run a TNT app now because I want to watch wrestling on East Coast feed. So when I watched... Uh, what was it? Rampage last week. Yeah. I downloaded the TNT app. I fucking signed in through YouTube because I use YouTube television. That's what I pay for. And I watched it. It was perfect. So uh, if you are on the West Coast and you're trying to find a way to cheat and uh, not have to wait, download that TNT app. Maybe that's what I'll do. Log in to the old wrestling and then you can watch it. Hey, do we have a guest on the show, Jess? We do. All right, awesome. I'm warming him up. Uh, super entrepreneur, because there's no other way to introduce Matt. Matt has not been on the show in a few years. We have had very few guests this year, but Matt was at a moment in wrestling. There are a few moments in wrestling these days. Matt, let's start here. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing good as can be in, uh, in these uncertain times. Do we still say that? Are we past <laughs> the uncertain times? Are you you're vaccinated, right? Can we can we go there, or you're not comfortable talking about this shit? You got to be vaccinated. You're traveling. Uh, I'm 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 double vaccinated, but actually, you'd think that, despite whatever the requirements ostensibly are, uh, I did not have to show any proof of any sort of vaccination status um, 
leaving New York, leaving Chicago, traveling uh, domestically whatsoever. But yes, I, I personally am vaccinated. I was generally masked up um, through most of my uh, travels, etc. Team incredible. Waxed and vaxxed. Everyone is waxed. Everyone is yeah. vaxxed. This is how we roll. It doesn't matter what country there, you're there, on. There we go. I mean, li- li- living uh, the living the wingman uh, motto. Uh, Matt, <laughs> we want to open the floor to you because you have a very unique perspective. Okay. Our perspective is we watched Rampage. We watched this moment on television. It created waves throughout not only wrestling, but it seemed to cross over to social media. Let me start the question. There we go. There we go. My bad. Ah, yeah, right. Fucking podcast. Hey, Matt, what motivated you to buy a ticket to get to Rampage in the first place? What made you say, hey, I got to be there. I got to be here for this moment. Well, you know, I mean, I've been watching AEW since the jump, and I've been definitely looking forward to when AEW comes to New York. I mean, it was supposed to be first the New York area originally. They were going to come to uh, North Jersey, and I was looking forward to that. Then, you know, pandemic happens. Blood and Guts was uh, postponed slash, you know, I don't know that that's a particular uh, event will ever happen again in that iteration. Uh, you know, and they're coming, they are coming to town, uh, you know, about a month from now to, uh, for that Grand Slam event. Yeah. So I'm looking forward Arthur to that. Arthur Ashe Stadium. It's going to be good. Uh, so, that, so that's going to be a big one. But yeah, when, when I, uh, you know, leading up to this event, you know, as of Wednesday night, I, I had no concrete plans to attend this. And, so you know, 48 hours away. Kind of, Exactly. So as, as the events, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's maybe a couple hours before like dynamite goes on. And like, I think I texted my girl and I was like, you know, I might, uh, might go to Chicago in a couple, a couple days. I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But like, I mean, to be clear, I didn't actually initially extend the invitation to her as well, but she had some work she had to get done, et cetera. So yeah. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I might, might uh, head out to Chicago in a couple of days. I'm not actually sure. I'll let you know, but I'm just, I'm feeling like that, that could definitely be a thing that happens. So, you know, I start, like, looking to kind of survey the ticket market. And, you know, it's a big, big arena. So, you can, mm-hmm. you know, I think the get-in price was something like $3, $6, you know, mm. even even not at fees, it might not be more than 10 So, you know, if you just want to be in the building, 10 bucks. I mean, all right. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was looking on there. I managed to find uh, some pretty solid seats um, in the, uh, the floor area. Uh, I was on the side where basically the, the actual hard camera is right and then um then that's pretty much like the third row on the floor but yeah I, I bought the tickets pretty much last minute wound up uh initially tried to use some frequent flyer miles so i wouldn't have to pay anything to go out there but <laughs> love you know, that save that money. last minute flights being what they were you know had, had to do what i had to do got out there uh friday morning and uh got to the show uh about maybe an hour hour into uh to, I guess, dark and or dark elevation, whatever it was that they were kind of taping before. Um, and yeah, I just felt felt very compelled to be there kind of for what you guys were saying. Like, you know, I've been to a number of different wrestling shows, WWE, indie shows, a bunch of other shit over the years. But the fact that it was going to be what I felt like was kind of this historic moment, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I really convinced myself that I, that I would feel uh, feel like I was missing out if I wasn't yeah. in the building. And you sold, you sold yourself I'll say on I, I didn't it regret worked. it. You sold your stuff on oh, it. It worked. This, I mean, is all, yeah. this is great. Let me. So let me ask you this. You're getting to the building. It's one of these everybody knows, but everybody doesn't know. As you've mentioned here, you've been to wrestling events. You've been to combat sports events. You've been to enormous rap concerts. You've been to different shows. What was this vibe like? Try and match it for us if you can. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a lot of excitement in the air. I mean, I think... 
I mean, I think if I try to contrast it to at least other wrestling shows, right, I think it's a little different from a WWE show in that, like, it wasn't, it wasn't as much families. It's not to say there were no families there or that, like, they were unwelcome. Mm-hmm. No, it's just 18 to 49 demo. It really did feel like most people were kind of in that demo that were in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it felt like it definitely wasn't uh, quite as, I don't know, I would describe some of the larger indie crowds, like even maybe like an ROH and definitely some things that are smaller than that as being like varying degrees of toxic from, you know, the sorts of energy that you might encounter from different groups or individuals. Of course. I didn't really feel that. This was definitely a lot more positive. People were genuinely excited to be there. Like, I don't know. It just, it just seemed like everybody was really having a good time. And, uh, you know, wh- whether it was like people waiting in line for merch or outside the venue or, you know, on the beer line, there was just a lot of, you know, kind of like camaraderie, I'd say, around. You're there. They do dark matches. I mean, you're, you're enjoying yourself, I'm sure. But there's got to be the anticipation that is building. And then the show starts and just walk us through that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the dark matches were great because, like, I didn't give a shit about watching most of the matches for the most part. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I like to see parts of it. But it was like, you know, I, what was great about Dark and Dark and Elevation, it's really just a parade of entrances. So if there's, like, the stars that you're not going to see because they're not, you know, on that hour of, of uh, Rampage, you get to see a whole bunch of people in that, you know, whatever, a couple hours before. So that was cool. But yeah, I mean, as, as we geared up, I mean, the anticipation was crazy. I think about 10 minutes before the events, or before Rampage started, that is, um, you know, I think a, a countdown clock came up on the screen, counting down oh, from shit. like 10 minutes. Um, so that was already, you know, getting everybody super, super gassed. And, and to be clear, this might just already be the standard TV protocol. That might, might already be something that happens. But, yeah. you know, everybody's getting extra hype. Uh, you know, people have their signs, people have their shirts. You know, everybody thinks they know what's going to happen. But again, we don't know for sure. Um, and, you know, and, and also, like, I have to say that the crowd is just red hot leading up to this. Like, everything the ring announcer, I think Justin Roberts is, uh, mm-hmm. is his name, what yep. was doing, they, they were loved. loving. Like, he, and he and he was loving it, too. It just the, the, the back and forth energy was crazy. And, like, one of the things that he'd do, I don't know if this is, like, his probably, like, a running shtick. But, like, he would count down from five before any given match. And he would stop at an unanticipated number. You don't, you never know. It might be three, might be one, might be two. And, and the crowd would always just pick up at the exact spot that he left off and count down the rest for him. So, like, that's just to show you. People were really, like, very yeah. engaged, even when we weren't on TV. But, yeah, once it started, he came out. Punk came out. And uh, it, it was incredible. I mean, people, people were genuinely excited. I mean, I heard a lot of talk about, you know, was this the loudest pop? Was it louder than this? Was it louder than that? I have no idea definitely super 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 loud um to be honest for me i actually just started watching it back on tv uh, a little bit before i uh, called into the show i felt like it came across louder on tv maybe only in the sense that like when i was there i was just very much immersed in the moment like i wasn't mm-hmm. focused on you know the decibel levels or whatever else like I, you know i was yeah, excited you're to just see, embracing see the moment exactly i think about um when we talk about the pop right the loudest pop that I have ever heard, and I mean event-wise, it doesn't matter if it's a rock concert, a rap concert, a sporting event. The loudest pop that I've ever heard in my life is when The Rock came to Fresno, and we were in a smaller arena, the Celand Arena. It's a very intimate arena. 
But it was so fucking loud, it almost felt like you were being lifted off of the floor. I've never felt like mm. that with the it, yeah. It was so loud. It was like I don't I don't feel my feet. This is fucking wild. Um, but it went like that for several minutes because he was just doing the thing that he does. So my assumption is this is maybe something like that. So I'm I'm glad that you go. Hey, listen, I, I'm trying to compare it, but it's almost hard to explain. It's almost uncomparable. When the you're the, the only other moment I was ever present for that I felt like was just a a very big moment. Maybe not even on that level because because what else is? But like. I was there for uh, for the Hardys uh, making their return in Orlando at whatever that was, WrestleMania 33, 34, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think 33. Um, and, you know, that was similarly a, a last minute trip. <laughs> but but um, I, I went out to, to that and, uh, you know, that was that even with a much bigger crowd, it was just an outdoor arena. And I feel like it's never the same thing. So to hear 15,000 people going crazy in Chicago, like, yeah, it, it was it, it's got to be up there. I'm sure if you could look at, you know, look at it compared, but. Being in there, it was just, you know, everyone was just in the moment. You're in the third row. People are going absolutely bananas. There has to be that moment where you just absorb it all. You look around. It's almost like a 360 type thing. And you're going, you re- what point do you realize this is a moment? Um, do you I mean, realize I, it? I think it was pretty, I think it was pretty clear from the jump. I mean, I think we were anticipating it and I think, I think what it was was there was a risk of like it not feeling like it lived up to whatever hype people had built up in you know their own minds I guess but it very much did it really did deliver and the fact that he kind of came out to start out the show like that is something I think that we were really buzzing about and wondering in the crowd. Yeah, it was, was one. Name yeah, does he come out in the end? It was one of those things. Everyone was talking about it. It was a Reddit thing. It was a social media thing. Where you know every fantasy booker, which we all are, right? Where how do we do this and where do we do this? And you can't do it at the beginning. You just can't do it at the beginning. Meanwhile, doing it at the beginning was the absolute perfect thing to do. But AEW does oh, a great absolutely. thing. Absolutely. The, the the way that AEW tells the story is not the way that WWE tells the story. Or in the day, WCW even, it's, it's completely different. And they really have broken down all those walls that they talk about all the time as far as pro wrestling is concerned. Uh, the athletes have more of a, of a part in their own story. Mm-hmm. Say so, if you will. Uh, and the best part is, uh, what I want to know really is what I enjoyed out of CM Punk's part, at least, is just the raw emotion of it all. I mentioned that earlier in the show. Just Punk's raw emotion. Like, his his promo was just rolling. And then it got to a point where he would kind of choke up a little bit. Or you could just see that, like, you know, he had to fight through different emotions to keep going. Uh, Matt, tell me about Punk's entrance. Uh, obviously, the pop, I'm sure, you know, the, we all saw the videos and everything. Huge pop. Uh, but what was he like? What, 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 what was punk projecting to the crowd yeah i mean i i think it was really palpable like his, his emotion was something you know as soon as he came in all eyes were obviously just locked locked on that stage and you know i don't even think most people were even looking up you know to the jumbotron so much i think people were really just kind of fixed on him and you know that kind of organic connection he was having with the crowd and you know one thing that you know, I think I think probably came across on TV. I'm not sure, but it's like you know, there was very much a mix of just you know real fans that he was encountering, and then you know there was there was definitely some folks that were probably in his inner circle that might have been you know invited guests and you know different folks he knew from town. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it the, the emotion was really palpable. People were genuinely excited, and like 
I don't know. Like it, it felt, it felt strangely wholesome in, in a way. Like it felt everybody was just really happy about that moment. It felt like everyone was really united in that. The good guys never win. It felt like a good guys win moment. It, it was so unique. Well, are, are we missing anything here? Cause, cause again, we don't want to eat up all your time tonight and we do appreciate you coming on here, Matt, but are we missing anything here with this punk moment that you want to share with us? Um, no, I mean, I think, I think you guys got a lot of the major stuff. I mean, I think the only other thing might be, uh, the ice cream bars, which in, um, they were in fact given out. They definitely were <laughs> delicious. Um, Did you, it was actually interesting. You nailed, you nailed the Instagram stories, much like a true social media savant. Because when I see somebody with a hundred dots on their Instagram story, I'm usually <laughs> skipping that motherfucker, but he actually had quality content through the entire thing because it's all you in the second or third row with punk. And then all of a sudden it's you and you've got the varsity blondes right next to you. And then the very final one is you eating the fucking ice cream and atting <laughs> punk. You really did nail the dismount on that one, my friend. I, I mean, I, I tried. I'm glad you appreciated it because I think I actually probably alienated like 95% of the people that follow me on that one for sure. <laughs> the I, I, I think, would love I think the viewership rate might have been in the single digit. So I'm, I'm glad that you were in, uh, enjoying the yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I might have watched it twice. It was so good. You, you really were there. Uh, you got home safe. You're back in New York. Yeah. You're doing your thing. Again, we want to give you a moment to plug all of the things you do. You shared some secrets with me last night. I'm not going to share those, but you got a lot of things in the fire right now. A lot of good shit going on. A lot of positive shit. Um, plug your stuff. Talk to us about what you can before you get out of here. Yeah, I mean, I we have. Uh, I, I don't know if I can say just yet, but uh, but the announcement is imminent. There, there's something cool. A uh, a scripted crime drama series coming to Luminary. Um, so it's going to be a uh, just this really cool um, show that has soundtrack and you know set in the golden era hip-hop in new york uh i may have leave already it there. Leave it said, there. Don't said say too much, much but lots and lots Don't of get really fired. really dope people involved that's that's what i'll say there's many many names um on all sides of the microphone from the worlds of hollywood hip-hop maybe even pro, pro wrestling and lucha libre mm. that's about mm. all i can give you for now but there's definitely there someone familiar to two long-time wrestling aficionados that uh that might be in the cast We'll leave that's, it at that. They'll give you. You've nailed the dismount, my friend. Again, this is why we have you on. Super Entrepreneur at Matt Raz on Instagram. I hope you don't mind me sharing that. At Matt no, Raz. But, but no, but no, 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 but no, but all I ask is you get it right. I was not able to get at Matt Raz on Instagram. No. Matt's third eye on Instagram. Oh, am, shit. My uh, bad. But I am Matt Raz on Twitter. Um, and yeah, those are mainly the platforms Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on one of those. Thank the, you so the, much the content the content highly highly varies between the two platforms so but it's good it's quality th content. Th thanks for having me on guys i really appreciate it and uh yeah maybe i'll check in with y'all uh after uh after grand slam yeah and also and don't be a stranger don't big time us when all this uh big time shit starts <laughs> going through please uh, listen listen i i, I could never <laughs> you're the best all man. right guys take, take care buddy. Take, take I'm, I'm, I'm out peace good night man he nailed it Jess, I believe that we are at the finish of the show. Longest show we've done this season, I believe.
this might be one of the longer shows we've ever done. I this think back in the day, we used to really try to stretch it out. But Two-hour show was our limit back in the day. Remember, they would kick us off. Blog yeah. Talk would kick us off after two hours. We but had a we lot of shows that just cut off. We are almost at that two-hour mark, actually. No, we're I done. have enjoyed every minute of this show. I hope you guys do, too. Uh, it's a long show, but I think that there's enough to get you all through including the punk stuff at the end, AEW Rampage last week. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we had guest Matt Raz on as he was live there taking it all in. He was able to come out here and give you all a little bit of what he got to feel and be a part of that great moment. That it's the energy. return, the energy. And I'm telling you, pro wrestling is it's back. It's back. It's, it's back. Whether you back. like it or not, it's back. We 97, did. 98. We've made it, guys. Yes, we have, folks. It, it is back. Hey, it is, we've come full circle. And it is better, real quick, it is better than what it was. The characters are more organic. The characters are, are more personal. Uh, we don't have so many. Uh, well, maybe an AEW's got some, but like like uh, Luchasaurus and stuff like that. But some of the, most of them are just people who are out there wrestling for your entertainment, and they're making a great story out of it. And uh, I think it's a great time. Both AEW, uh, ROH has some stuff going on. Impact has some great stuff. Obviously, MPJW. Uh, I will be at a New Japan Pro Wrestling show in November. Just get out there and start watching some stuff. You'll pick up some, you know, some fandom somewhere. You'll become somebody's fan or a fan of somebody for sure. Uh, folks, we did the NFC over under last week. We did, in f uh, fact, do the AFC over under this week. We also gave our way too early Super Bowl predictions. And we talked about everything else under the sun that has to do with any team that had something to do with the AFC. That's it. We're doing football for the next, I don't know, three months. Yeah. So strap it in, boys. We talked a little bit about the uh, Paul Woodley fight. We hope you all, like, at least, I mean, if you want to legally stream it, go ahead. I mean, these guys are making a lot of money, so I'm not. It's, but Jess is paying for it. Off, so, no get, so I'm telling you right now. Good job by you, Jess, for paying for it, or at least contributing. But I, I did myself contribute this time. Normally, I don't. <laughs> but this It's time, so rare that you are contributing and I am doing the opposite because it's usually I am contributing and you are doing the opposite. Yeah, normally it's like that 99% of the time. So... <laughs> Well, it is what it is. Let's hit but, the wrap it up button. I got to get out of here. My kid's going. Yeah, we did it all tonight. We love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Follow Jesse follow at JT81. Follow Matt at Matt Raz on Twitter. Follow Matt on Instagram at Matt's Third Eye. Follow me, please, at Veldis, spelled backwards, 559. Follow the show at Team Toss 21 at Che underscore Rollins. Who am I missing? Anyone else? The boys, we love you all. We do. That's it. I'm out. Peace.